Hi, I'm Andrew Burns, reporter for New Project Media, and this is the NPM Interconnections Podcast. Today, I'll be talking with Stefan O'Reilly, CEO of solar developer Chaverton Energy. Founded just under two years ago in 2020, Chaverton is a relatively new face in the solar space, focusing on DG and community solar project development. Stefano is going to walk us through the formation of Chaverton and explain its focus in the market, as well as talk a bit more broadly about the drivers behind the ongoing community solar boom. Stefano, I just want to uh, welcome you to the podcast, sir. Hey, Andrew, it's nice to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you. And, um, you know, I I wanted to um, let the audience kind of get to know you a little bit, as I have over the the last few weeks and and, uh, meeting you, of course, at InterSolar and and uh, doing the the story that we did um, about Chaverton Energy. But um, to kick things off, you wanna just kind of tell me a little bit about your background and uh, what you've done in the industry so far? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've had uh, a lot of different hats in the energy industry. So I come from maybe a little bit more unconventional background. Uh, I haven't been in solar for 15 years, like some of the uh, some of the folks that I work with. Uh, but uh, I, I actually studied energy engineering back in college, so it kind of goes back a long way. Uh, and then I did some work in consulting. You know, I worked with uh, AD Little, and then worked at the Boston Consulting Group, and that was very good to kind of give me a general business background. Uh, and then first, the first time that I encountered solar actually was in 2007. I don't know if you recall back then, but uh, uh, concentrated solar power is still quite uh, quite interesting. It was kind of going neck and neck with PV back then. Uh, and I was working with Arriva, which is a nuclear uh, energy company, and they were looking to diversify into renewables. And so they were looking at concentrated to, as something that would be maybe a little bit closer to, uh, to conventional energy, right? You know, you have to boil water to make... Uh, uh, to make energy. So it was interesting to them. And so, uh, you know, they ended up actually acquiring a company in concentrated solar, uh, which unfortunately, I mean, as we know, like that's, you know, that a lot of those companies didn't, weren't able to compete in the end with PV. So it kind of went by the wayside. Uh, but then I did, I did development work uh, in biomass uh, for a number of years, first with Duke Energy, uh, with the joint venture again with Ariva, and then uh, worked at Inviva Biomass, the largest wood pellet producer, uh, where I built a uh, greenfield development team there and uh, developed a few assets. Uh, that are the, you know, they, those are pretty large plants, you know, $100 million plus. Uh, and then in between, I worked, uh, I had my own consulting practice for a number of years. So I did a lot of uh, contracting work uh, for development companies. Uh, so I got to know, you know, the solar industry that way, uh, working for third-party developers. I did work for, um, you know, Socor, Sunnyst, Freepoint, um, a number of entities. Uh, and then back in 2019, uh, you know, I went back into the solar industry and then, you know, started thinking about what to do. Uh, and that kind of led eventually to the, uh, to the formation of, of Shabraton Energy. Right on, right on. And, and you want to tell me a little bit about uh, Chabberton and, and kind of your, your focus in the industry and the things that you've accomplished so far? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, at, at Shabraton Energy was mostly focused on uh, community solar. Uh, it's kind of a, our core specialty. Uh, you know, I love the concept of community solar. You know, you can you can democratize and decentralize energy. Uh, and then at the same time, though, you can keep some of the economic benefits of the large installations. So I really like the uh, uh, 
uh, I really like the uh, the combination of factors that you know community solar make a lot of sense to me. So we we also uh, sort of other customers, uh, you know, but but always we try to kind of uh, have a retail component to it. So uh, it could be maybe a virtual net meter arrangement or behind the meter, but still in that general uh, in that general um, uh, you know area. Uh, yeah, for the time being, we're staying away from utility scale generation. I think that's uh, that's a little bit of a different. Uh, different beasts. I think it's a key element of the renewable energy transition, but probably not for us at the moment. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of work in, in decentralized power, microgrids, you know, distribution system and storage. So I kind of view that as sort of like a, a, our sandbox, uh, right? And then geographically, I think we we tend to focus a bit on the, uh, we tend to focus on the mid-Atlantic. I mean, Maryland is our core market. We're based in Maryland and that's where we got started. Uh, and then, but from there, we expanded into uh, other other mid-Atlantic markets, you know, uh, Virginia, Delaware, you know, looking at DC, uh, doing some work in Pennsylvania. And then we're also starting to expand nationally. We're down in New Mexico. It's a little bit of a little bit of the wild west there, right. but uh, <laughs> we uh, we went out there too. And then, you know, we're looking at some other markets as well that are coming. I mean, frankly, a lot of a lot of uh, you know any community solar needs needs policies to uh, allow it to exist. Uh, so we tend to stay in, in the states where uh, have favorable policies. But but it's expanding, right? I mean, more and more states are are looking community solar as a great option. So they're 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 adapting their policies. Sure, sure. And uh, you know, I've talked to a number of different uh, firms that focus on community solar or at least have a community solar component and it seems like uh, development in community solar usually comes down to um, one of three kinds of sites right you have of course greenfield development um, and then you also have like brownfield development and then um, I'm also uh, I know that there's some firms that do kind of uh, larger scale rooftop development where it's like on industrial buildings and, and things like that um, does uh, Chaberton have experience in, in all three of those, or do you have a particular focus in, in any of those areas? And, and just kind of tell me about the, the siting of, of these projects. Yeah, I mean, we, we got started for sure in, in the more standard, I would say, greenfield development, right, where it's, uh, where it's just a greenfield, uh, you know, typically an agricultural field. Uh, but, you know, oh, it, we haven't been around for too long. So, you know, we're, we're a fairly new company, but even just in our short history, we've started to diversify. We do, uh, we do have projects in development right now that are, you know, we have one good project that is on a, on a, on a brownfield, on a landfill, actually. Uh, we have another project that is uh, uh, on a reclaimed coal mine. Uh, and then we have, we're, we have a rooftop uh, and then also... Uh, we're looking with a lot of interest. We have a couple of projects in the pipeline that are for floating solar, so that's also something that is that is of interest to us. So yeah, I mean, we 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 definitely. I mean, it's one of our one of our core values is is creativity. Uh, so we definitely like to be innovative and really uh, go to things with a very open mind. And so you know, depending on the jurisdictions, depending on the state, depending on the on the regulation, the needs of the customers. Uh, there, there are certainly different siting strategies, right? And we're in very different states too. There are some states where land is abundant uh, and other states where land is very scarce. And so you really have to, you really have to adapt and see, and see what's, uh, what's out there. So we definitely take a very, uh, very open approach to siting. 
Yeah, it's that's kind of the I guess the rise of these different siting strategies is I you know I know a lot of uh, uh, the states that have very strong community solar programs are in the Northeast and obviously in the Northeast you know space is at a premium as compared to somewhere like New Mexico that you mentioned where I imagine yeah, right it's a little a little more a little more open down there. Uh, <laughs> few few more acres available here and there. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, so I wanted to to ask if there was any um, closes or, or deals over the uh, last year that that you wanted to, to highlight. I know that in the in the past we discussed um, the deal that you did with Loyola University, um, but uh, you know anything that else you know that included that that you want to highlight? I'd be curious to hear about. Yeah, I mean, for us, the uh, the biggest close for last year was the uh, the financing, and 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 then we issued a full notice to proceed for the construction of our first two assets. Uh, like I said, I mean, our history is is not that long, right? We we came right. to be in early 2020, so we're just about two years old, and uh, and and we got financed, uh, you know, again like in late 2020. Uh, so 2021 was really our first year of operation. So we were, we were thrilled that we were able to close on, this, on these two assets, which we had uh, developed in a partnership with SunEast Renewables. Uh, they're in Howard County, like you mentioned. One, it's actually two projects next to each other. One is a community solar, uh, which is now fully subscribed. Uh, we, work with the, uh, we work with Neighborhood Sun, our partners, and, um, and we're able to subscribe that project. And then the other... The, the companion project is uh, is uh, the output of the companion project is going to Loyola University, with whom we signed a, a deal. That that's that's what you're referring to. So that's that's uh, that's really I mean it really it's really great to have two projects already uh, in construction and, and and ready to go. It kind of jump started a lot of the uh, a lot of the, the activities that we're doing. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm kind of curious, like. Uh... You know, obviously, I know that, uh, that like you said, Chaverton is a, is a fairly new company um, in this space. Is, uh, did you run into, how was that just kind of launching a company in 2020 in the era of, uh, I imagine you got started before COVID really hit, but just tell me about uh, your experience getting launched and, and getting financed and, um, you know, just walk me through what it was like to start a company in these times. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a lot of fun and a lot of work. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, we actually got, we actually really got started uh, right before the pandemic. Yeah. And in some ways, I would say there was not like a, one moment that where you say, okay, now this is exactly what we want to do. And, and here we go, right? I mean, it kind of evolved. Uh, it, it was interesting in some case, in, in some way, I, I, we kind of stumbled upon it, in, it which, is, which is interesting. But I think uh, just to give you a little flavor of what, you know, the, the, the turn of events there, uh, I mean, in early 2020, late 2019, I was working again. Uh, I'd been working on a contract basis for SunEast again, and I was running some of their projects, uh, both on the DG space uh, and then on the utility scale uh, side in the mid-Atlantic, right? We were doing a lot of work in, again, Maryland and Delaware. Uh, so I was really observing the DG market and the way it was evolving, you know, particularly with respect to the, to the community solar side. Uh, which, like I said, it attracted me for a number of reasons. Um, and then at the same time, you kind of, saw, you know, I kind of saw Maryland uh, was adopting a new RPS. Then Virginia was on its way, uh, and you kind of could see, you know, the momentum built right regionally, also obviously nationally too, but also regionally for sure. I mean, and and it's not like, uh, like I said, I haven't been in the industry for a long time, but I've been watching it, so it, it wasn't, you know, it was kind of coming on the heels already of a 
of, of, of a lot of momentum from the previous decade. But really, I think it was picking up steam in 2019, 2020. Uh, and then at the same time, Sanis has kind of made the decision to mostly focus on, on utility scale. And, and, and so I thought like, well, maybe there's an opportunity here to do something uh, you know, at the DG scale. Um, and then I guess the other factor, the other two, there were two other factors that were there. One, in my own backyard, I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, right? Uh, Montgomery County was looking to relax some of, it, some of the zoning restrictions they had for solar. Uh, and they were going to allow solar projects in the agricultural zone. So I thought, okay, well, that's interesting too. You know, that's another factor. I mean, we could do, perhaps we could do some project there. And, and, then, and then at the same time, a good friend of mine, uh, Keith, who had at the time no solar experience, he was looking to get into the solar industry, right? And so he, uh, uh, he asked me like, you know, can we do something together? And, you know, I thought like, I can't really put him, you know, in front of a client or send him, you know, initially to, to do something. So, but, but, but I thought, hey, maybe we can do some projects, start some projects on our own uh, and see where that take us. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we got started, you know, initially, um, you know, initially I financed the, the venture with some of the income from the, uh, from the development services agreement and then, uh, my own funds, uh, right. And then, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> so there we were, right. I mean, right at the beginning and, and, you know, we had to figure out how to, uh, make things work remotely, how to meet with landowners, find properties and all that, which I'm sure we're not the only ones, but for us, maybe it was particularly challenging since we didn't have a long history of, of operating as a company, but we were, were undeterred, <laughs> you know, we kind of marched on and, uh, and then the next step really, I mean, so initially it was just me and, and my friend Keith, uh, and then I brought on uh, Seneca, you know, who's the, uh, who's our CFO now at the time. I mean, it was, it was kind of funny, you know, he, I'd known Seneca from before and, uh, and I thought he was in the DC area. So, and I saw on LinkedIn that he said something like, Hey, you know, if you got a business plan, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it for free. I'll give you an evaluation. I was like, okay, well, that's, that's cool. You know, it's a freebie, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I'll give him a call. Right. So I, I call Seneca and then it turns, it turns out like he's, he's living in Chile. Right. And, uh, you know, he's on the other side of the world, but, uh, but sure enough, you know, you looked at the, you looked at the plan initially it was kind of like, mm, I don't know what's that. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of worked on it together and then he, he kind of got, got progressively more excited. Right. So, uh, so then, uh, you know, that, that, so he got on board. Right. And then my, uh, my, my, my former colleague, Mike Doniger, who's, you know, um, that I, uh, who I knew from my days at Enviva, um, you know, he also, uh, we'd done some work together also in 2019. Anyway, he contacted me. He was like, Hey, you know, can we do something together? I was like, absolutely. I mean, Mike is a, Mike is a superstar. I mean, he's former, you know, uh, chief engineer at, at a nuclear submarine, uh, Amazon in Viva. I mean, he's built plants, he's operated plants. He's, he just, he's done a lot of development. So it's just, uh, you know, can't turn him down. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, so, so he came on board too. So that's, that's how the, uh, you know, we had a great team right now. We have, we have, you know, I, I, the, the thought is that I would wear the commercial hat. Mike would have the execution hat uh, and then Seneca, the finance hat. So with the three of us, we went out to uh, raise capital and then, um, you know, we were able in the summer, we formed a new entity and then uh, in the summer of 2020. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, we uh, we closed the deal with Greenbacker right. uh, Development Fund. Uh, and so we got financed and then with a new infusion of money, we were able to uh, then, then build out the team. Now we got a, a full development team and, you know, we kind of 
move to the next level and were able to really hit it hard in 2021. You know, we uh, we we built a big pipeline or relatively big pipeline and a lot of projects. You know, in uh, in DG and and here we are. And then you know we closed the first two projects and uh, and we got uh, a few more that we're looking to close in 2022. Nice. Well, I really appreciate you walking me through that. It's really interesting to to hear just talk about your experience and especially, you know, in, in these, these crazy times that we live in, it's, it's so fascinating to hear about uh, a company not only launching in, in the middle of it, but uh, doing so successfully and, and that, you know, it really seems to be uh, on the rise. So it's, it's, it's really quite impressive. Um, what you've uh, yeah. I, I like to think that I like <laughs> to think that like, since we're able to do a lot of things during the pandemic, yeah. you know, uh, hopefully as the pandemic kind of goes away, you know, fingers crossed, then we'll be able to do a lot more, but I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll sure. go the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, well, well, tell me, you know, mentioned um, getting financed by, by Greenbacker Development Fund and, and uh, we have some, some history covering them as well, but uh, just uh, tell me a little bit about your relationship with them and, and uh, you know, kind of how that, I know it's still early days, but kind of how that's gone so far. Yeah, no, so far it's gone very well. Now it's uh, over a year. Uh, great people there. We're able to partner with uh, uh, with them. Uh, ben Baker is the uh, managing director of the, uh, right. um, of the which I, I think you had him on one of your podcasts too before, right? Yes, so, and he's, so. Uh, yeah, so he's, he's now on our board. So Greenbacker Development Fund uh, is a large minority shareholder in the company. Uh, and then, you know, they, like I said, they invested initially in, in November 2020, and then they actually increased their investment in, in September 2021. Uh, and we just had a really excellent uh, relationship with them. I mean, Ben is great. He's, he's got a development background, so he understands a lot of the issues that, you know, developers like us go through. Right. So, uh, you know, very constructive, uh, just a lot of energy, just a very positive relationship. They also have, you know, they're affiliated. This is the Greenbacker Development Fund. You really have two sides, so to speak, of the uh, of, of Greenbacker, this, this development fund, and then they have the larger infrastructure fund, uh, which I think is over a billion dollars in, in, in assets. And they mostly invest in uh, operating assets or, or assets that are ready to go into construction. And so we've been uh, we've been working with them as well. We have uh, our first two assets are actually financed through the Greenbacker Infrastructure Fund, uh, you know, which is called Greenbacker Renewable Energy Company. So we have great relationships with them uh, on that side of the house as well. So it's been it's been really good. I mean, I I, I didn't know Ben before. I didn't know Greenbacker. It was kind of one of those um, chance uh, yeah. encounters, right? Somebody uh, somebody I knew introduced me. You know, I I, I was telling her, you know, what we were trying to do. And then she was like, oh, you should really meet Greenbacker. And, you know, I, and, and, and there we go. I mean, I think in a lot of ways uh, it, it's luck, right? Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to put it. It's kind of like, it was good, good. Uh, it, it was really good fit and it's, it's been great. So I hope it's, it continues to be that way. I mean, it seems like it's going in the right direction and uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's been really good. Yeah. That's good. That's great to hear um, so I wanted to just sort of touch back on, on the, the projects that you, you've done so far and, 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 you know, the rest of your, your pipeline, obviously, um, you know, you're in the community solar space, it's DG and, and all that kind of thing, but it's interesting. It was interesting to me that one of your first two, um, projects, the off taker was, um, a university. So I was curious about whether you're, you're primarily focusing on, on, you know, 
communities, municipalities, um, you know, residentials and stuff like that for your offtake, or if you're also, or if you're, you know, kind of also looking at um, other entities like universities and um, I don't know, maybe small businesses, or, or just kind of tell me about uh, who you're targeting for your for your offtake. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'd like to clarify, like you said, that like we're definitely, I mean, our primary market is community solar, which is which is res typically residential customers, right? Sure. So that's that's uh, kind of priority number one for us. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, we do we do market our projects or some of our projects to to other customers. And in, in Maryland, there is this program, it's called the Aggregate Net Energy Metering, which is effectively, you know, you can maybe refer to it as a virtual net meter program. And it's specifically targeted to um, government organizations, okay. uh, nonprofit institutions, and, and agricultural businesses, right? So you have those, those areas. So in Maryland, you can, you can get a virtual net meter arrangement if you work with, with some of these customer categories. So we've been we've been marketing some of our projects and that's how the Loyola relationship came about, right? We went out and, you know, we went out to some universities and, and other nonprofits, you know, some municipalities who were obviously were out there today, uh, you know, and we have some other potential customers in the pipeline too. It's, you know, the university, I mean, obviously we're not, we're not the first ones, uh, you know, to knock at people's doors. So, you know, it's uh, a lot of university have already done a lot of, a lot of work with renewables. It's not, uh, it's not a new thing, but there's still, there's still a number of institutions that, uh, that are, you know, just jumping in right now. And, you know, I like to think that we're very, very professional, very process oriented and very, you know, very responsive, very good to, you know, I like to think that we're very good to work with and, uh, you know, and because of our setup too, I mean, I think we're, you know, our financing setup and the way we do business, we're, we're able to offer really competitive rates. And so that's uh, obviously that was very attractive to Loyola, you know, Loyola, you know, they, they're going to, they're going to save millions of dollars through the, uh, through the life of the contract. So that's obviously a big motivator in addition to the, uh, you know, being good environmental steward. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where, where we are on, on that front. Okay, great. Um, so I, I know that you guys, uh, especially moving into 2022 or, or, you know, growing your pipeline at a, at a pretty good clip. Um, so you wanted to kind of talk about um, where you are now in terms of, um, you know, how, like uh, maybe the capacity of, of the pipeline that you have um, right now, and then sort of maybe where you see yourself by the end of, uh, of the, maybe the end of the year or the end of the next couple of years. Yeah, sure. I mean, in, in 2021, we're, we're already able to grow our pipeline quite a bit, obviously. I mean, we, it was the first year of operation, of full, the first full year of operation, I should say. Uh, but yeah, we, we, had about, we had a pipeline of about 30, 40 megawatt as we went into 2021. Uh, and frankly, a lot of those were actually Montgomery County projects that, uh, that re- didn't really pan out. I mean, I didn't mention that, but in the end, it was, it was kind of uh, ironic that, you know, we got, kind of got started because, no, only because of Montgomery County, but in part because of Montgomery County. And then the county council basically voted against solar at the beginning of 2021. So uh, all those projects we were ho- hoping to do then kind of went by the wayside. So we, yeah. we had to, to really, you know, pivot and, and quickly uh, think about, you know, and, and it had already been expanding at that time. So it's not like it was a major, major blow, but certainly was a bit disruptive. But anyway, so we had 30, 40 megawatt at the beginning of the year. We ended the year at over 200, uh, you know, so which is, uh, I'm, I'm not so much into bragawatts and, and plus, I mean, doing, doing distributed generation, I mean, it, 
you the numbers are not that impressive but you know it was it's a you know it's probably over 30 projects that we have now sure. on the board you know and and for, i mean some of them there will be some mortality for sure i mean as you know uh some of the projects we have may be a little challenge from an interconnection perspective or what have you but still i mean a lot of them i think are, are going to be quite viable so uh, yeah, so we ended the year about 200, and then for 2022, I think we're looking to to do just as much. So we'd like to uh, to double our pipeline and and get to you know get to 400, uh, and really get into uh, you know into a sizable sizable business. And um, yeah, and then and then in terms of states, like I mentioned, I mean we're still very focused on Maryland. Uh, Virginia has some challenges right now. I mean, there's there's things going on with the with the new administration, and so we'll have to see how that evolves. Uh, we're, we're in Delaware, you know, which is a small state, but mm-hmm. we've done a lot of work in Delaware even before the formation of the company, so we know it pretty well. Uh, so we're there uh, pretty aggressively. Uh, you know, Pennsylvania, who knows what's going to happen, but we do uh, like a lot of other players. We do uh, we'll be ready to go. We got a number mm-hmm. of projects that are. That are that are there, uh, and then New Mexico also. It's kind of evolving the situation, uh, but we hope to do some there. Uh, and then and then we look for this year to expand into our other other markets. You know, I think uh, Ohio looks promising. You know, there's legislation introduced. There's other midwestern states. Right. Uh, there's some other states that already have uh, programs, community solar programs in place that we may uh, we may enter. Uh, and so we're looking to expand geographically for sure. And then, and then, like you mentioned, I mean, before with the on the customer side, I mean, I said obviously community solar is priority number one. But but we we continue to work with customers, whether it's institu- institutionals or it could be you know municipalities or government uh, government organizations. Uh, and also, we're looking a little bit behind, you know um, outside of the box, right? I mean, there's uh, you know we're looking to potentially partner with. Uh, you know, Bitcoin miners—they have a lot of a uh, lot of lot of needs, right? <laughs> when it comes to energy, right. uh, there's other types of customers, industrial that we've we've had some conversations with. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, there's obviously it's it's great to be in an industry that has you know, companies are getting more and more interested in re- renewable energy. So there's a lot of a lot of opportunities. Yeah, definitely. And and I noticed over the last seems seems like year maybe a couple of years that um there's been interest from it seems like even larger players in and you know acquiring smaller projects um often in portfolios but uh it's just like i know that uh there's some some deals retracted earlier or last year that like walmart had bought up some you know some community solar size projects and, and things like that so um, it definitely seems like it's a it's a market sector that is uh very hot right now so i was kind of curious you know, as a, as um, you know, versed in it as you are, um, kind of talk about what the drivers are and 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 why um, that market is is just so um, on fire right now. Like, it's funny talking about um, though these these states that you, that you might get into. It's it's kind of interesting being on that precipice because um, as soon as one of these states, like Pennsylvania, for instance, like opens a a program, you know that everybody's going to be jumping in um, because there's just such that such an appetite for it. You know. So just kind of talk me through, um, you know, what, what makes the, the market so so hot right now and what's driving that? Yeah, I mean, in terms of why community solar is a good is a good solution, uh, I, I guess there's two aspects of your question, right? One is what, why is community solar getting more and more 
popular with uh, with different states, right? And the other one is why are developers getting more and more interested in community solar, sure. right? So I, I think I think on the first side of the question, uh, I think it boils down to like there's a lot of you know community solar brings a lot of benefits to to people to the to the residents, right? I mean the. Uh, Utility scale projects obviously have a have a very important role to play. Yeah, you know, but it's a little bit of the old model of yeah. you know you got large power plants, you know, big transmission lines that go to the to the big grid, right? And it's uh, it, it's less. I think the I think the future is going more in the direction of decentralized. I mean, and and just more benefit to the people. So a lot of times, even if you have a big utility scale project somewhere. You know, the people don't really see any, I mean, maybe, maybe it's good for the utility, maybe it's good for the developer, but, you know, people don't necessarily see the savings. So, so community solar is much more uh, tangible, right? So, I mean, even from a political perspective, it's, if you're a politician, like you, you actually, you know, you can put money in the, in the pockets of the, of the residents. So there is that, there is a big component to LMI, right? So that's uh, the, right. the low to, low to moderate income. So there's a, there's an opportunity to really serve an underserved population, so that's uh, that's beneficial. So there's a question of equity, uh, which is which is addressed, which is great. Uh, and then also, I think from a systemic perspective, I think you know I'm not an electrical engineer, but uh, but I mean it's it's actually beneficial to the system if you can put more assets on at the distribution level, right? right? You can you make the grid more stable. You avoid cost in transmission. You know sometimes maybe that's a little bit at odds with the utility business model. Uh, and so that creates a little bit of, of a, you know, divide there, you know, sometimes we get a lot of pushback from utilities because it's almost like a little bit of a challenge to their business model. Uh, but I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, it makes sense, right? It makes, uh, it, it, it makes good sense. So I think we're seeing, uh, you know, more and more states getting into community solar because they see, they see those benefits. And, and I'm very, uh, I'm very encouraged by the fact that, you know, it, it is, this is starting to be more of a bipartisan issue. You know, it used to be like more on one side of the house, but, you know, for example, in Ohio, uh, it was the Republicans who introduced the uh, community solar legislation that is currently being discussed, right? So that's, which is great. I mean, obviously there's, there's a component of jobs, there's a component of, of, you know, in some parts, you know, you can, you know, in, especially in places like Ohio, where you have maybe, uh, land that has been, uh, you know, coal, old coal mines or land that is, you know, needs to be redeveloped. Uh, this is a great way to do it uh, in a way that's that brings a lot of benefits, right? So, so the, I think that's those are all the drivers that make community sort of particularly attractive, uh, you know, in, in general, you know, from the state's perspective. Now, to the second part of the question, uh, obviously. It, it is becoming more and more attractive for developers too, like ourselves. I mean, obviously we see something in community solar and we, we kind of jump in. And I think, the, the, I mean, from that side, I think one of the big benefits, I mean, in addition to all the other things that as a developer, you also see, right? I mean, you, you really like the model in general, but also clearly there's an economic driver too, which where you can, where you can access a retail tariff, right? The economics are now suddenly much more viable than you know than wholesale, right? If you can if you can get a retail rate, it's it's much higher. So certainly sure. uh, you know the project value is higher, and so that's you know there's more the more things that you can do on the community solar side where the, the margins are a little bit more are, are, are higher. So I think that's why you see you know players kind of 
coming down a market, if you wish, right? They, yeah. they, they, they start to do more and more utility scale, but then they kind of see like the erosion of margins. And then when you, when you have margins that are really razor thin in some of the cases of, of the utility scale projects, I mean, you're really exposed, right? I mean, a little fluctuation like we've seen in panel prices, right? Panel prices go from 30 cents to 35 cents. I mean, that may be a big chunk of your development fee that is gone, right? And right. so it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, it goes the other way too, right? I mean, if you go from 30 to 25, then obviously that's a big win, but, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, they tend to be more risky, right? And so this, there's a little bit less risk also, you know, if you do a smaller project, there tends to be less risk on a, on the permitting side, there's tend to be less risk on the interconnection side, there's tend right. to be. Uh, just less risk in terms of schedule too. I mean, instead of taking a utility scale projects can take four, five, six years to build, you know, community solar generally, I mean, depends on the state, obviously, but generally I would say you can probably get done, you know, within two years. Um, so that's, that makes, that makes a difference, you know, in some cases may, may be able to do it faster. So I think those are, those are the drivers. That's why you see more, more players coming kind of, you know, in our sandbox. And so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things develop. Sure will. Yeah, it's 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 a fascinating area um, that seems to be you know growing really fast, and and it's it's been great to to talk to you about um, kind of your role in that um, and and Chaverton's role, and uh, you know as you guys continue to to grow your pipeline, um, it's going to be great to continue to stay in touch and and talk about the um, the things that you guys are doing because uh, you know it's it's going to be like I said just a a great space to track and and I guess on your side of things a great space to work in so uh congratulations yeah. on all the success that you've had so far and um yeah we'll we'll keep in touch and and go from there yeah no thank you Andrew appreciate the uh the opportunity it's it's been great you guys do a lot of great things and uh you know keep up the good work and fight right. the good fight <laughs> yeah we'll do what we can uh thank you uh very much for joining me today all right thank you take care bye-bye